Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. <laughs> this is Good, Good Morning Liberty. Well, what a hell of an afternoon Friday it is. Good morning, Liberty people. What is going on with me as always? Over there on the other side, the dark side, the big Nate Thurston. Welcome to the Good Morning Liberty podcast. Nate, how you doing today? Big Nate Thurston. (laughs) It is, that's right. Okay. All right, Chuck. That's okay. No problem at all. Yeah, what's up? I did a little mixture there, you know, Uh, because I wanted to. You're not used to doing the intro like I am, so not, not I understand. This, not this week. Not this no, week. You've not been this letting week. me do it. Yeah. I get it. Well, you guys. Know, sometimes you have to give up the reins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes that, you have to transition. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh, man. Hey. Such, uh, what, what, what are you going to tell the listeners to do this time? I think I'm going to tell them to subscribe to the Good Morning Liberty podcast. You know, that's a fantastic idea. It's a pretty gall darn good idea. Now, listen, yeah. a lot of people listen on our website. We put out a lot of articles. A lot of people come through our website. They're listening on there. Hey, subscribe to it. Your phone has got an app on it for podcasts, probably. Get on there. Search Good Morning Liberty or click on one of the buttons you can see right now and go listen to the Good Morning Liberty podcast on your favorite podcast app. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of of meaning every single day of the week that we want to. So if you want to come here and listen to us tear down this idea of socialism and promote free market capitalism, which is just your freedom to be an individual and to produce value and to to buy property and own it and to reap the benefits of your labor. That's just all it is. Oh my God, that's a crazy idea, wasn't it? It's it's Good Lord. We promote individual sovereignty over collective good. Let's yeah. say because you want to know what you matter. Every single one of you matter. Black lives matter. All lives matter. All they all matter. Even socialist lives matter. They do actually. I'm doing this for the socialists, right? So I they just don't can want, have their own individual liberty. I just don't want them to group up and go against me and, yeah. and force me to do their bidding I know. that's it because everyone thinks differently you know the left loves diversity they and, do and you and i talk all the time of how they 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 preach diversity and then every policy they have completely tries to wipe out diversity all in the name of equity i know all and in the name you know it's they love the minority and they care about the little people uh, only so much to the point that once they have the majority, they want to completely control whoever's in the minority. It just doesn't make any sense. And that's what they want to do. And so when you subscribe to this podcast, what you do is you actually support every individual. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Because that's what we promote here. It's individuality. That's the only thing. That's the only way reality can survive. Because you know what? Nate, you've got ideas that I don't have. Yeah. Obviously, and, a lot of them. And John, Jason, and Sarah, all Rick. those people. Rick. Uh, Ricky Bobby all of them all of them I don't even know those people but what I'm saying is they've got ideas too and we don't want to prohibit their potential as long as their ideas are not to hurt people or take their stuff right yeah if anybody ever tells you something and then they they end it with 
for the good of society yeah then that's not good for the society unless we said (laughs) unless you said i want to bring individual liberty to all people for the good of society now that's a good thing that's the only one that's the only one because you're not taking action over controlling someone else's life you know there's two ideas here one of them says they want to control every single thing that you do, right? Regulations, control. If you start a business, they want to control it. They want to control your income. They want to control what products you can purchase, where you can live, all kinds of stuff. They want to control the health of yourself and your family. They want to control everything. And then you have another side that just says, please leave me alone so I can live my own free life. Which one of those sounds like the most moral ideology? And one of the reasons why they want to control everything is because what they say, what they're saying by saying that is that you're too stupid to know what's best for you. Yeah. And so here we are, benevolent, all-powerful, wonderful government, bid to curb your stupidity. Yeah. Now, do you want to be called stupid? No. I I don't like being called stupid. Ain't nobody want to be stupid. No. Mama says stupid is as stupid does. I know. And 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 Bernie Sanders is a, doing a lot of stupid out there. So yeah. we got to talk. So what you what well what we bring you every day when you subscribe to this podcast it's Good Morning Liberty. It's all about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. It doesn't even and have to be in the morning either. No, you could listen to this anytime. Good afternoon, Liberty. Good night, Liberty. Yes. Any of it. I yeah. just, you know, Buenos Buenos Dias Libertas. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, we, um, <laughs> that too, for sure. Uh, we started this where we used to do live videos in the morning. Every single morning on Facebook, we go live. So we just called it Good Morning Liberty. And the reason I went with that is because my idea was, man, America's so amazing. Like the idea, the idea of America, what does it mean to be American? It's that you can work and achieve the fullest potential and the best life that you can do. And no one's going to stop you from doing that unless you're hurting people or taking their stuff. And that you can come from nothing and go to something just like Charlie and I have. We both lived in trailers when we were growing up, you know, which is fine. It's fine. If you live in a trailer, it's cost effective. Okay. I got scared when the wind blew a little bit. I'm not going to lie about that. Yeah, I did. But Hey, in America, you can come from nothing and make yourself into something, and that doesn't exist all around the world. So when I wake up in the morning, I was trying to have a little bit of gratitude with it and just just think about how amazing it is that we have these opportunities. When you wake up, just say, good morning, Liberty. This is awesome. I'm going to do everything I can to achieve the best life possible. It's one of the best ideas you've ever stolen from me. Yeah, and I know. So I know. I'm really proud that we work together on it. <laughs> me too. Me too. I yeah. appreciate it. Just don't tell anyone. No, I won't. Yeah. Okay. So we got this bill passed the house last night. Gonna, Are we on to the news now? I, oh, yeah. Is this the news? Let's do the news. Okay. I think we're going to try to make today's episode a little bit shorter, but we really don't have to. We've got a big interview today. So special and dear to our hearts that we are doing this interview today so we're making sure we're prepared for it we got to do it as soon as we get done recording this podcast and i guess it'll be out probably on monday we'll just we'll just go for that so we'll be putting that out um we got to do a little bit of news the house passes bill with unions i know a lot of people like unions A, a lot a lot of people do um, unions can be a good thing. I've got a lot of union people in my family that are happy about the unions that they're in. 
and then I have my mom who was in a teacher's union and, and was actually um, held back from being able to gain employment in her field because of the unions. And we can, we can explain that a little bit later when we talk about these forced unions and the, these different labor laws. So they can be a good thing, but they're not always a good thing. And anything that we talk about, we want it to be voluntary all, all the time. And unfortunately, uh, most times there's a union that comes into some type of field. It's not exactly voluntary for the people that are working in that industry whether or not they want to join the union especially for teachers especially for teachers they present it to you like you don't have a choice i know well you you don't have a choice if you're if you're working at a public school if you want to be a teacher you're in the union you're in the teacher's union and that can be a good thing sometimes it can also lead to a lot of problems that, that we'll be talking about here in a bit so this article is called bill to boost unions advances in the u.s house this is from the wall street journal from washington The Democratic-led House of Representatives on Thursday passed legislation aimed at strengthening organized labor when U.S. union membership has fallen to record lows. I was reading that the other day. It's like 11%, something like that. The election year bill opposed by businesses has little chance in the Republican-controlled Senate, but it could play into 2020 election politics as both parties seek to appeal to workers. Unions traditionally provide financial and boots-on-the-ground support to Democratic candidates. But the alliance has become strained. President Trump in 2016 won 39% of union votes, the most for any Republican candidate since President Reagan, according to a cooperative congressional election study. That's not because Trump has been a liberal Democrat his whole life <laughs> it's from not, New York, right? It's, it's not that, no. <laughs> okay. Well, I think what happened, if I were to speculate, were the people who are in the unions can see through a lot of the BS that their union bosses are telling them. You know, they, they right. see like, do I really want to elect someone who's going to raise all of my taxes? Who's going to do things that are going to, that are going to destroy entire industries? Like, do I really want to, elect? you're telling me that that's the person I should vote for because they're going to force more people in the unions. Like I'm already in this union. I don't really see that this is a really big benefit to me. You know, I, I want lower taxes. You're already forcefully taking money out of my paycheck, Mr. Right. Union. Why would I decide that I have to vote for a pro-union person? So anyway, um, let's see. Uh, Richard Trumka, president of the 12.5 million member AFL-CIO Labor Federation. That sounds good. In an interview, said the bill, if it were to become law, would open the door to more workers joining unions because they would have to. He also sent a warning on Twitter to those who would oppose, delay, or derail this legislation. Do not ask the labor movement for a dollar or a door knock. We won't be coming, he tweeted. Is that a quid pro quo right there? That that sounds sounds like he's (laughs) trying to garner some votes. It's almost like you could say that um, Democrats would be voting specifically for this union bill because if they didn't, then they wouldn't be able to get the campaign money from the unions or door or door knockers. Yeah. Or door knockers or anything like that. What's funny is Richard Trumka probably or Trumka. Yeah. He probably also helped write this bill because I guarantee it was written by the unions. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think AOC's sitting there writing any bills no, or anything. She's no. Just like, the, the, uh, just like the insurance companies wrote the affordable, yeah. the unaffordable care act. The people who this is going to benefit are the ones who are going to craft the law and send it over and say, this is what you got to pass. Right. So Representative Virginia Fox, a Republican from North Carolina, said Thursday, the bill is unfair to workers and businesses. She said, if the PRO Act became law, workers would be forced to take money from their paycheck and give it to labor unions. True. If they didn't, if they don't want to be represented by a union, even, even, even if, they, if, yeah, yeah, she said, referring to the name of the legislation short for protecting the right to organize. It's all for you, man. They're, they're doing this for you. This bill would also deprive millions of Americans of the opportunity to work independently and start their own businesses. This is one thing that's been happening in California. You know, all the, the Uber workers have been talking about unionizing. They have to unionize because, well, I mean, that's how you can get your prices higher. That's how you can make some more money, I guess. Actually, it's how you benefit the unions that are paying for all of them to do this. Like, that's what's actually happening. So, we're going to be forcing those independent contractors into, into unions. You know, that, that sounds like a, sounds like a great Doesn't idea. Doesn't this remind you of a recent Netflix movie that had Robert De Niro and all those people yeah. in it? Uh, the, the scamming union guy that ended up getting shot at the yeah, end Yeah, the, the Irishman. The Irishman. Yeah. Yes. Great um, movie. It, it was, it was really good. And it was about, um, Jimmy Hoffa. Uh, yeah, that's re- right. Yeah. Really good movie. A movie's like three and a half hours long. Yeah. And I've watched it three times. Really? Yeah. I thought it was really good. That's why your uh, internet bill is so much higher. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's no. streaming services. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it was a really good movie. What was really funny is Robert De Niro in one of his, uh, in his acceptance speech, I believe for an award at the Golden Globe, something, I might have that wrong. Um, he was talking about people who didn't support unions and how they didn't support workers and, and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, dude, you're literally up here for portraying someone who murdered people at the behest of a union boss for not doing what the unions did. Right. And you're up here talking about how unions are the best thing in the world. Like, that's why you're up here, because you played a union murderer who killed people when they didn't get what they wanted. Right. It's uh, that was so ridiculous the to me. Union, like who, the union mafia. Who didn't notice that? Right. I don't, I, I don't know. Democrats say the bill is about economics. With stronger unions, workers can secure higher wages, better benefits, and safer working conditions, said Representative Mark Pocan. Pocan? Pocan. Democrat, Wisconsin. The legislation approved on a 224 to 194 party line vote covers a long list of union priorities. It would, for instance, weaken state level right to work laws, which prohibit mandatory uh, mandatory collection of dues from union representative workers in 27 states. So if it's so much better for the workers, why does it have to be mandatory? I know. It's just like socialism. Right. Idea so good. They have to be forced upon the threat of death. And also (laughs) the states can be like, yeah, up yours. I I don't care. That's the thing. They're trying to damage these right to work laws where uh, newsflash, by the way, if you're a terrible worker, your boss can fire you. Right. Oh my God. Stop traffic, everyone. This is a crazy idea. We should make it. We should enable people who the bosses want to fire to make it to where they can't be fired. Are you saying, Nate, that if I get a job and I have a list of duties, that I sign a contract essentially saying, uh, my boss man's like, hey, man, I got these lists of duties. Do you want to sign up to work for them? And if you do, I'll pay you a certain amount per hour. Yeah. And you're telling me that if I don't do the list of duties, that they're going to fire me? 
I, I, I know that sounds insane. It's, that's greed. That's, that's capitalism that's right there. That's obviously greed. That's, that's so terrible. greedy by the boss that he would even task me. We have to stop this. We have to, we have to make sure that people who, whom otherwise would be fired are allowed to keep sucking money from the company. And yeah. that's the best thing for the economy. Well, it's yeah. uh, because it's about economics. <laughs> states, <Yeah. laughs> states with such laws, get this, states with right-to-work laws where you have the right to choose whether or not you're going to be in a union or not, states with such laws have lower union membership. Weird. Well, isn't that crazy? That's so weird. <laughs> the bill would also impose penalties against companies that violate labor laws, block firms from permanently replacing striking workers, and give union members leeway to participate in boycotts and strikes against companies other than their employer. What? Why? <laughs> Why would you want to boycott or strike companies other than your employer? Probably because they don't have a union. <laughs> More than, oh. more than likely. Yeah. I think that, the, you know, the whole striking thing, I get it. Now, listen, if you've got a high enough skill and your business owner cannot find anyone but you whatsoever or any of you people to go there and work and perform that task, and all you guys want to decide that you're not going to work and to, to demand a higher wage or a better benefit, and he can't hire anyone else, then then do it. That's a negotiation tactic if you truly can't be replaced at all. But here's the problem. Most people can be replaced. Actually, most people, uh, everyone except for, I would guess, about 1% of people, more than likely, can be replaced. So the, this whole idea that a bunch of people should be able to not work and force a business owner to pay them more money when that person hasn't decided that they're worth more money and he can't go to other people who would work for that amount of money just doesn't make any sense at all. Not one bit. Not one bit. The, and it, but and this is about economics. But it's, a base, it's based on a lie of economics. They're trying to, they, they still, the Democrats have this Keynesian philosophy where it's like, we just need workers and we need to pay them more. That way yeah. they're spending more in the economy. Exactly. And that the consumption is going to drive up the GDP. Yeah. And it doesn't. It's like, this is, a, this is a work law here. You know, we're trying to create jobs. It's just like that old Milton Friedman story. It's, you only, know? A, it's only a temporary boost to uh, the economy. Uh, yeah. But uh, it has, in short, in short term, it works. In the long term, it cripples it. Well, because it always, like it always normalizes Stapleton, back out. Right. And Jason Stapleton always called it a dose of heroin. Yeah. It's like shooting up. Yeah. You know, you're going to have Keynesian economics, which is going to feel good for a couple months, and then it's going to wash away and then you have to pay for it yeah you know there has to be production this is how you get these gigantic unless gigantic you, boom and bust cycles unless you just get another dose of heroin yeah that's that's and it you have to be addicted to it okay a little bit more here it would let unions boycott mom and pop businesses that had nothing to do with that union or its dispute now i don't care if anyone wants to boycott a certain business i mean that that's a i mean that's okay to me i guess yeah that if you don't want to do business with someone then then whatever. That's fine. He added it, it also would significantly restrict the rights of small business owners to act as and hire independent contractors. That's how you get off the ground. I know. Because as a small business, you can't just start hiring people and, and pay payroll. Yeah. Because then you're paying extra taxes and all kinds of stuff. And it's very difficult. And there's more rules and regulations set up for that. That's the thing. These It's much easier to hire independent contractors, people to do work and grow your business to where then you will have the capital necessary to start a regular payroll process. Now, here's how you know. Here's how you know. The next thing. I'm going to try and get, get the rest of the way through this. 
here's how you know whether or not these are good ideas. Um, top Democrats running for president support these proposals. All right, there you go. So whatever your emotions are about unions, <laughs> however you feel, however your feel-good union stuff is, oh, there's that construction worker, there's that, there's that guy working a backhoe all day and he needs to be in the union. Well, here you go. Top Democrats running for president support these proposals. They have sought to shore up support from organized labor by walking on picket lines with the auto and grocery store workers, people who just cannot be replaced, <coughs> holding rallies at union halls and threatening to skip a December debate in Los Angeles if a labor dispute involving food service workers wasn't resolved. Well, well that would be awesome for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> skip the debate. The... Yeah, maybe we should do this. I don't know. Get them all to skip their debates. Right. The share of workers who are in the union fell to a new low of 10.3% last year, but labor unions have above average membership rates in some political swing states, including Michigan and Pennsylvania. This bill is designed as a litmus test for lawmakers, said Steve Bernstein, chairman of law firm Fisher Phillips Labor Relations Practice. Democrats recognize that organized labor had an impact on the outcome of the last election. Okay, there so, you go. So he literally just the very end of the article. It's purely a partisan move. Yes, well, that's I mean, all it is. That's where they get. That's where they get all their money. Here's one stat right here. 2016 unions collectively spent 1.7 billion dollars on the elections in 2016. Wow, all the elections. So the corporations are evil and greedy. Yeah. Yet unions who spent 1.7 billion on elections, nah, exactly. They're not greedy. That's they're not forcing membership for any particular yeah. reason. It's crazy. Yeah. They're not forcing you to give them money out of their paycheck or anything. No, this is for you. This yeah. is just for you. It's not because I can force you to join the membership of my union and forcefully take money from your paycheck. No, it has nothing to do with that. That's not why we would spend $1.7 billion mostly pushing Democratic candidates in 2016. Doesn't make any... No, that would never be it at all. That's a weird thing. Like you just said, like people on the left can clearly recognize that corporations are buying government power so they can get things that benefit them. Okay, they, they clearly recognize that. But then you can look and see that unions spent $1.7 billion in 2016 and you just think it was out of the goodness of their hearts for the working people. How naive are you? Yeah. That's what I want to know. You can't be that naive. I, I, you can. You can is the actual answer. You can. Yeah. So... The the thing is, I don't know how you feel totally about unions, Charlie. I mean, I guess if you want to voluntarily do that, well, and there's no force involved, well, then that's I, okay. I am I, I am in the same book that if people want to collectively get together voluntarily and they want to create an organization and pay dues and have representation from lawyers or whatever and that benefits the whole collective, then I'm fine with that. Yeah. But I'm also fine with corporations saying, nah, we just won't hire you. That's a, That's... We, that's the free market right you, you see you see this this last paragraph in here second to last it says the share of workers who were in a union fell to a new low of 10.3 percent last year therefore we want to pass a law that forced people to join the unions if they were so good then they would naturally be popping up now i understand people will group together and try to form a union and then that business will just fire all of those people and I, I get that that can slow down the growth of unions. But you know what that says? That says that those people were not worth the amount of money they were trying to get. Right. That's all that says. You can the make, value of their labor does not result in 
profits for the company. No, and it, it that's the problem. Like a lot of people on the right are extremely pro-union. Well, and, they, and so you posted a great video from that Ben Shapiro did, where you know he destroys this, the socialist essentially. Yeah. But essentially, what he's doing is he's he's destroying the idea that um, that labor or that capital needs labor more than labor needs capital. Yeah, which is the opposite of true because you have to ask yourself what you say all the time: which one came first? Is it the capital or the labor? Yeah, you know this was in, in Ben Shapiro's example. The guy the guy was asking about a pencil. And it's like, okay, did a bunch of people group together and start making pencils? And then they asked somebody for capital so that they could make it more efficient and build more pencils and sell it. Or did somebody have an idea and say, look, I'm going to invest millions of dollars into machinery and, you know, getting all these materials and all this stuff. And then I'm going to hire a bunch of people to put all these pencils together. Like which one came first? Yeah. It's not the group of people who started putting pencils together on their own whim and came together and then asked for capital. Yeah. It's not, no, some guy that had an idea who took all the risk to say, Hey, we're going to make pencils and then hired people to do certain parts of the pencil making. That's the thing that people don't understand. They'll look at businesses and they'll say, well, I'm getting paid $13 an hour and the company is profiting $17 an hour off of my labor. Therefore there's, there's $4 worth of labor theft. There's, there's excess value. There's, there's whatever it is that they want to call it. And what people fail to realize is you're sitting there saying, well, my labor is actually worth $17 an hour. And you have to ask yourself, what would your labor be worth if that person had not built that infrastructure to build up the value of your labor? What is you sitting there with no materials, no building, nothing whatsoever? What is your labor worth? So they, they what complete- the corp- What the corporation should do is they should take that $4 that you provide an extra value over what you're getting paid and they should list out everything that that money goes towards. Yeah. And it should be like, corporate tax yeah on your paycheck <laughs> so the government oh, yeah, taxes you yeah. but then you have corporate tax and then it says uh union fees or machine union fees yeah so you got to pay to invest in the machinery equipment that's actually and then it says you know like list out everything that your profit on your dollar per hour yeah. goes towards for the business that's actually a pretty good idea to put it in front of people like that like when you get your cell phone bill and it lists out all the taxes and fees and the all that stuff and they say here's what we're charging you and then here's what's extra on top of it like a restaurant when you buy food they don't just give you the final price with the sales tax included they give you what they charged you and then they give you what what it is with the sales tax and here's your line item here's how much you pay to the government yeah. that's a pretty good idea actually to put that in front of people and say we're going to pay you 17 but we had to take out 50 cents for the building expenses and we had to take out 50 cents for taxes and then we have markets over we had to take out 50 cents for this and 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 25 cents went to the material that that hour and then they can actually see where all of that where all of that goes now what'll happen is they'll still just be really upset about that 70 cents that was extra that the for person profit. kept yeah, yeah that that's that's what they'll get upset about but that will be that'll be like a wealth tax or something that yeah. goes it'll say risk management 70 cents yeah yeah, <laughs> you it's just, not bad. Yeah, you just break it down for him. Yeah, like, look, your your labor is not worth seventeen dollars an hour. It's only it's worth not. thirteen because the other four dollars that's in surplus has to go to run the operation. Yeah, 
What I'm saying is even if it was worth 17, like say they were making 25 and their labor actually is worth 17 after all of that, it wouldn't be worth 17 if it were not for all of the investment and the risk by right. that business. Well, and, they, and people completely negate that. They say, my labor is worth this much and they're taking it. They're, they're completely forgetting the added value that all of that risk and all of that investment added to the value of your labor that would have been worth far less if you would have had no building, no materials, no no capital whatsoever. Your labor would have been worth like $1 an hour or nothing, possibly. Or it would have been so expensive to make the pencil, nobody would buy the pencil. Yeah. You so, wouldn't sell any pencils. Actually, the line item should be owner's investment payback. Yeah. And and then, of course, because there's a loan, he loaned, obviously, the business. So you got to charge a interest fee and stuff on that. So that's what you put in there. Yeah. Owner's investment payback. I like it. 70 cents. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's genius. I just don't, well, I don't like forcing this on businesses because, hey, businesses are people, too. Don't tell me they're not because you're listening to a business talk to you right now. So don't tell me that businesses aren't people too. And they have individual rights. The people who work in those, the people who take the risk and take the investment, they have individual rights to not have things forced on them also, just like the workers do. So if people want to strike or they all want to group together and boycott and do all this stuff, then they have to accept the risk that if they are not worth what they're asking for, they're going to get fired. The business will replace them with other people who will work for a lower amount of money. Probably those dirty Mexican immigrants. It's just those across dirty the Mexicans. That's a joke, by the way. It is. They're a joke. very clean. What? What? Uh, no. What did Trump say? What do you get in trouble for saying? Because they took it out of context. Well, he said oh, he was they referring were, to MS thirteen gang yeah. members, and everybody said that he said they were animals. Animals. He said yeah. he was talking. They asked him about MS thirteen. Yeah. He said they were animals, and there's your lie. There. Where's your fact checkers on that? Where yeah. the? Where's the leftist media? That should be calling, That should be hidden on Facebook. Yeah, I'm sure you can still find that all over the place. Yeah. Where they they specifically took it out of context, like purposefully and said that he called immigrants animals yeah that's a that's just ridiculous you had a conversation about the social safety net earlier i did but first i want to give everybody an update on the iowa caucus because it's still Are going, we still getting still updates? going on according to what i see 99 percent reporting now and tell me how this makes any sense so when we had 76 reporting joe biden had zero delegates with 76 reporting now it looks like at 99% reporting, uh, Pete Buttigieg is still in the lead with 26.2%. He has 564 votes and he's got 13 delegates. Somehow Bernie Sanders, 26.1%. He's got 562 votes, two votes less than Pete Buttigieg. And he only has 12 delegates. Huh? How did Pete Buttigieg get the extra one? I'm not, I guess because they now, couldn't split it in half. I guess not. And now Elizabeth Warren with eight delegates, uh, 18% of the vote. Joe Biden jumping way up from zero. He's got six delegates now, 15.8% of the vote. Yeah. Yeah. We got a story about old Joe in here. They can't <laughs> find him. He's gone missing in New Hampshire somewhere, wandering around, can't find his house. So he's just, just looking around. And uh, you know, it's not looking good for, for Creepy Joe. No. Creepy Joe would have been a way better nickname than Sleepy Joe. I don't understand. You know why I think Trump didn't go with Creepy Joe? I mean, it was so obvious to say that with all this, you know, kissing of the little children thing going on. I think because he didn't want to uh, bring any highlights on whether or not he had been creepy. 
in the past right. whatsoever. They want so, to draw that comparison. Yeah. yeah. So we had to, so we had to go with Sleepy Joe, even though it's not as good. Sleepy Joe Biden. Tell me about that conversation you had about um social security. Well, so on Facebook I noticed uh, one of my friends had posted an article saying that GO the GOP was going to uh, trash social security basically. They and that's the GOP, the Republicans. Yeah. And I commented and said, and I said, good. Hopefully they get rid of the whole thing so I can keep that money and invest it myself. And it was a great conversation back and forth. And he was like, well, not everyone is as smart as you are. They'll waste the money and all this stuff. And I told him like, well, I'm not that smart. And honestly, I'm not even that good at finances. I just know that the government stealing my money and then promising to maybe give it back to me, even though it's insolvent, which it's not going to be funded by the time you're, I you're not going to get your no. money back, but they're still no. stealing it from me right now. Yeah. And then I'm going to average a 2% return, which barely covers reflation inflation probably doesn't even cover the actual inflation rate, which yeah. is closer to like 8%. Um, <laughs> and so I'm losing money that they're taking from me when I could invest it myself and or even if they did steal it from me, maybe they could give it to a private company or something. Somebody better at investing money than the government is. Yeah. And and then we I could actually and we did we ran the math on this, guys. If you take your Medicare taxes and you invest them in an account by the time you retire on average for for average people on average, you would have one point three million dollars in your Medicare account. If, yeah. So you pay the same tax for Social Security. So if you invested it yourself, you'd have 1.3 million. Now you got 2.6 million dollars. Yeah. Pay for your health care and your retirement. If yeah. you just were able to keep that 12.5% that you what, ha- that you have to pay. What about the what about the poor? Well, so that's where the conversation came in where uh you know they they mentioned that well, you know, people aren't as smart as you, Charlie. They wouldn't be able to do that. And there was a comment made that let me pull it up here real quick. A comment made actually by my by my brother, which uh, he's a nice guy. We get along, but we disagree vehemently on politics. By yeah. the way, uh, he he loves Bernie Sanders, and so he started a website called BernieSandersTruth dot com or something like that. Uh, <laughs> BernieTruths dot com or something like that. Don't go check it out. Go to BernieLives.com. dot com. Anyway, he responded and said, uh, "Most people don't have the luxury to just save that money." Um. Uh, somehow it disappeared. Um, most people don't have the luxury to save that money and will use anything given to them to live. So the first part of his statement there is people don't have the luxury to just save that money, but the government's going to take it anyway. Yeah. They're still taking the money yeah. out of your check. And so if you give it to them that they already don't have it Yeah, because it's forcefully taken from their check and unless you're self-employed, then you have to pay it. And if you don't, then they'll come back with penalties and all kinds of stuff. My, uh, my Facebook is wigging out, by the way. <laughs> this is so weird. So he's basically making the implication, one, that, that the poor wouldn't be able to, first off, have the luxury to save that money, which doesn't make any sense because if they're working, then the money's already taken out of their paycheck anyway. So you're just saying that that money should uh, come out and go into a private investment and not into the government. And then the other implication he's making is that you're just not smart enough to do that. The, the, you need someone to take care of you. We, we can't trust these people to take care of themselves. They're that's too what he stupid. Said, that's what he said at the bottom here. He said, um, he said, then they'll either work till they die or when they're unable to work any longer, then they'll be supported 100% by the taxpayers. Yeah. So here's a question. Like I've always thought to myself, I don't want to retire. Yeah. Like I'm looking at owning a business for the rest of my life. 
Like that's my idea. Like maybe, maybe half the day I'll play golf every day, yeah. you know, and I'll, and I'll just be an advisor to the company or something, but that's I'm all still business owners do anyway. Oh yeah. They sit on couches <laughs> and then play golf. Yeah. According to AOC, she mainly <laughs> thinks they just sit on couches while you guys make all the widgets, but but I'll still own the company, own the company, or I'll sell it and be an advisor or something. I want to work for the rest of my life. I don't, I don't want to wake up every day and not have anything to do, you know. So I don't yeah. see myself actually retiring. And the other thing is, is like, so what if people want to work the rest of their lives? You know, what if what if they want that choice? Well, you you know, and what if you wanted that money instead of going to Social Security and then when you turn sixty five, getting your benefits? Yeah. Your benefits. We're not live, so you can't see my air quotes here, (laughs) but uh, they here, let me steal some money from you. And then I'm going to give you just a little bit back at a time. And it's considered a benefit to you. I guess so. Yeah. (laughs) Like imagine if you're you're, saying that you should have the choice. That's what that's all I'm saying is you should have the choice. (laughs) Yeah. Give people the choice. And what's funny is they say, if you give people the choice, they'll take it, which means (laughs) that they want it. You should give them the choice. Yeah. (laughs) It's like social security. So it's the same concept. Social security. So good. We have to take it from you. Yeah. We got to force it. Yeah. Because you you're it. too dumb to manage your own money. If we don't force like, you, how do these, you won't do it. How do millions of Americans live if they're not good at managing money? Well, I'm, that's that's a whole other conversation. How do, they, how do they buy houses? How do they buy cars? How do they pay? How do they have enough food? I mean, the majority of Americans are pretty decent at finances because there's... Tons of homes sold. Yeah. There's the, tons of people buying cars. There's tons of people buying food. doesn't necessarily mean they're good at finances. I said decent. <laughs> I didn't say good. I said yeah. they're decent. But you could say the majority because our poverty rate's really low. Yeah. So, I mean, the, you know, a lot of people are doing okay. What? Well, out of 300, right. 380 million people, it's at uh, 10 or 12. Yeah. Yeah. So out of all those people, you've got, you know, 30, 35 million people living in poverty, which isn't good. I'm not saying that we that those people can't be helped, but maybe we help them through charities instead of stealing everybody's money and then giving them $500 a month when social or actually social security is going to run out, so it's not going to matter anyway. Yeah. I, I, it's just where's where's the choice? I'm a big believer in the fact that the social safety net should not exist at, at all. Now, I'm not well, saying and then the second part of that going along with social safety net is that if um if they do stop working, uh, then they're going to be a hundred percent taxpayer supported. And so that's the other thing. The problem is, is that why, why would they call it? Why do we have welfare to begin with? It's like, yeah. you're listen, everything you do in life has consequences. Your choices have consequences and there's no better time to make better decisions than when your backs up against the wall. Yeah. And if you have this net, then people will be, then they'll make dumb choices because like, well, well, you know, I was able to make all these dumb choices because now I can fall back on it. You know, it's just like the insurance companies that wrote the healthcare law because they wrote themselves in a safety net or if the plan didn't work, they were still going to get million billions of dollars from the federal government. Yeah. You know, or the, the, the banks and the housing crisis, you know, you had all these mortgage lenders writing all these loans. They never should have written they weren't asking for income verification, nothing, all because the government gave them a safety net and they were able to make bad decisions. It is. If you don't have the net, then you are, you are more incentivized, incentivized to take a better, to make a better choice. Speaking, I mean, the safety net, literally, let's talk about someone who's a tightrope walker. You're walking the tightrope, which, which person, imagine you got two people. 
Which one do you think is going to be more concerned with every move that they make? Every single move, and they're going to be most concerned with every step that they take throughout that tightrope walk. Which one do you think is going to be more concerned? The one that doesn't have a net under them or the one that does? That's a pretty simple question, and the it's one, an obvious answer. Yeah, the one who, <laughs> if they make a wrong move, they die, so and you, the other one doesn't? Yeah. So you go throughout your life, and I, I don't... I'm not saying that people would die if they make a wrong move, you know, but that is the tightrope analogy. So you go throughout your life. Unfortunately, we really depends on how high the tightrope is. Yeah, is off maybe, the I didn't say it could be a foot off the ground. Right. Maybe right. that's it. <laughs> there could be charity safety nets around you. Right. You know, that would pop up if something happened. Right. So it's maybe the churches have a have a rapid fire safety net that would come up. Who knows? Right. Who knows? Elon Musk invented it. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Um, so you go through your whole life. We have these entire generations. Just imagine the changes that take place in your brain, in your mentality, in your decision making, in every choice that you make. Imagine all the changes that happen throughout your life when you know that even if you are irresponsible or you continue to make terrible decisions, that someone else is forced to have your back. Imagine the changes that take place over generations like that. So what I'm saying is when you remove the safety net, and I'm not saying ax the whole thing right now, anyone who is having to live off of it, they don't get it anymore. I'm not saying that. I actually don't think that that's fair and I don't think it's, I don't even think it's moral to do that because we have had entire generations grow up with this idea that has just is a part of their reality. It just is. And to me, it would be unfair to remove the entire thing and just take them completely away from it. I, I just, I don't think, phase it out. I, you'd have to phase it out. You have to start like, okay, if you're, if you're 40, then you have the option to opt out of it. Okay. And, and if you want to opt out of it, or if you're 40, here's the deal. You're not going to get social security. Okay, now everyone, here's the deal. We're going to have to make this sacrifice because our grandparents, our great-grandparents, uh, allowed their Congress and their president to pass really stupid plans, and we're going to have to make this sacrifice. Okay, we're all going to have to pay the Social Security tax for another 20 years. Okay, we're all going to have to do that. But here's the deal. If you're over 40, you're not going to receive it. Okay, you're, you're just, or if you're under 40, you're not going to receive it. 45. Because it's 65 when you 45. Call it. Yeah. What if you're under 45? I just want to make sure the numbers are right. Nate. Yes. All right. If you're under 45, you're not going to receive it. I'm Anyone of- who's over 45 will, will, well, they can still get it. They can still get it or they can have the option to phase out or to, to opt out if they want to and start investing that money into a private account instead. So we can, we can give them that option. And we have to have these younger generations growing up knowing, hey, everything you do matters. Everything, every decision you make, you're not going to be able to stick a gun to someone else's head who made more responsible decisions than you did and force them to give you money out of their bank account. That's just not going to be the case. You're going to have to learn how to make good decisions. You're going to have to do that. And so I think you have to start with that idea automatically for the younger generations. And the problem is everyone's always going, since it's been here for so long, will just it'll turn into a political fight and you won't actually think it's not going to be there you'll think that you can elect your guy and you're still going to be able to have it that's that would be the actual problem well man, that's one, so, one of the things that made me bat, mad about trump's speech was like we're not going to touch medicare or social security like and everybody cheers yeah even the democrats you know 
And it's like, look, at what point do we admit that it was a bad idea? At what yeah. point, like you, all we're doing is just kicking the can down the street. The Republicans love talking about how these things are insolvent. They use Medicare and Social Security as reasons that we shouldn't do the other government plans. Right. They say, look, these plans are complete failures. We shouldn't do any more big government plans. Yeah. And then they also say, don't touch my big government plans. <laughs> okay. Yeah. At <laughs> what point do you just admit we've got a problem that we need to fix? And then devise a plan to phase it out. Look, I even said it would only take one or two generations for for you to phase it out, for people to realize, oh, my God, that safety net's not going to be there. I need to make sure I plan. And for those who don't plan, look, I feel I feel bad because I don't want anybody on the street or going starving or anything like that. But that's why I donate to charity. Yeah. And so there will be charities for people who make poor choices, because right now. Even though we are fleeced and we pay this Social Security, there are still charities for people who make bad decisions in their lives. And you also have to take into account the fact that you probably have a lot less people making bad decisions. And you actually have a lower need for charity because you would completely change the mindset of everyone if they did not have the safety net. You would have a drastic reduction in the amount of people that required that safety net purely because it wasn't there they'll have to they'll have to figure it out right they'll have to get a job they'll have to have a smaller tv or an older phone or take the bus or do something and not spend more money than they make for their entire lives they'll have to do it and right. so purely we we say well charities couldn't cover the 4.2 trillion dollars that the government spends right now you wouldn't need all of it it wouldn't all be there that's something that um, that's something that Ayn Rand actually said in a speech that we put up on TikTok, I believe. They said, well, how are you going to get all this money for, for all these government programs? And she said, well, the government, first off, you don't need all the programs and it doesn't need to be this big. Because she said that we should have voluntary, uh, not taxation, but she said we should make voluntary contributions to the government. She, Ayn Rand, the contrary to popular opinion, said that we need a government we need a government but we should be able to make voluntary contributions to that government just think about how much more amazing that would be first off you would cut out all the waste you would cut out the people who are uh, dependent on the government because you you wouldn't have the money to do it you'd have to cut out the people who are dependent and then you would also think about how much more efficient or how much of a better job they would be incentivized to do if they were working off of voluntary cash instead of forced in you know theft from the people right they would have they would make better like a like a business kind of has to make better decisions about providing better products and services to their people because they can't force you to give them money unless they're a union like so, like Rand paul who actually sends back some of his budget office money yeah. he's one of the few people in congress that doesn't use his entire budget for his for his senator's office yeah exactly you know, the, the other thing i mentioned to them was um, what about our great government public schools? Because I can't remember any finance class that I took whatsoever. No, they don't teach you any real life skills on how to actually like make a budget and what, where you should keep your living expenses and, and how to live below your means and all this. They don't teach you any of that. Why? Because they want you dependent on them. Yeah. That's why your government <clears throat> education doesn't teach you any of the things that you actually need to learn. That's why like, know I am awful at finances i was really good at school so if i would have taken a finance class in school i probably would be a lot better because i cared about making good grades uh even though i hated school well, geez, just I slept through most of it imagine 
the increase you would have in the amount of people that would be better at finances purely because you opened up that part of their brain while they were in high school. Right. And instead just of just think about instead it. of just acting like it didn't exist, you would have so many more people who ended up thinking about that more purely because it was something that they had had in school. You think about it. I love science and technologies and all that, but I don't know, maybe you could have one less class about what all the moons are that go around Jupiter or whatever. And you could have a class about how to uh, budget for your house instead. You know, I I don't know. Or or some, maybe just a small inkling of how to invest. Yeah. Now, I remember when I was in the fifth grade, I think we were able, we got like this uh, fake trading, this fake stock account. It was like a contest. I don't remember what, it might've been seven. Was that in Miss Oliver's class? Maybe maybe it was. Maybe, yeah. But it wasn't a full blown like, Here's how the markets work. Here's how, you know, it was kind of just introducing the idea, which was cool. Yeah. Which is very cool. Unfortunately, I didn't, I didn't keep going with that. I wish I would have, um, you know, obviously we, we do some stock stuff now more so Nate, uh, (laughs) but I'm, I'm slowly learning and it's very interesting. It's very interesting stuff. I wish I would have known a long time ago. It just opened up your, our minds to that idea. Thanks to our teacher. I don't know for sure which one it was having us start up these fake trading accounts and make decisions on what businesses we're going to pick and just experience uh, some type of growth or decline in that account and and all of that. I mean, just open up that part of kids' brains. You know, don't don't just act like that world doesn't exist. And just don't act like they're dumb. Yeah. Because we're actually a lot smarter than we think we are. I was going to tell I I said I was going to mention how the unions hurt hurt my mom. So she, you know, one thing I don't like about unions a couple, okay. There's about I, 50 things. I love how you wrap these conversations up. I know. I was going to tell you, we're talking about back. teachers now. Yeah. We, we, th- we do things in full circle here at Good Place, Morning Liberty. Place come full circle, y'all. Um, when my mom, you know, with teachers, the longer they work, the more they get paid, typically, right? That's how it is in the union. You're really paid based on seniority. The amount of years that you've served in that regime. That's how long you get, that's what you get paid. Nothing to do with the value that you produce. It's not tied to your value. So there's your number one problem right there. Just seniority. It's not tied to your value as a worker. It's tied to the amount of years, which by the way, you can work somewhere for a long time and still be a terrible worker who is not worth anything. Yeah. Uh, Just to, just to let you know, but yeah, Johnny, you still suck. Here's what happens with teachers. The other thing is they have this thing called tenure, which a lot of schools, a lot of states are getting rid of, but the right to work states, a lot of states are getting rid of, where if you taught for, I believe it was four years, after four years, you basically can't fire a teacher unless they just do terrible things. And it's very impossible because they're in a union and they work for the government. Mm -hmm. So you really can't fire them. Now, first off, that creates an incentive. Well, it, takes away the incentive to continue to be an amazing teacher. Now, I know most teachers are really good people. I'm not saying that they're not, but you remove an incentive to ensure that you're doing an amazing job purely based on the fact that you can't be fired and your pay is going to go up the more years you work, not based on the value that you're providing. So you've got that problem. So what happened with my mom, she decided to leave the school she was at for a long time and go to a different school. And the thing that hurt her was she had already been teaching for 15 years. She was required to make a certain amount of money. So the schools would bring her on. Now, remember, this is in Illinois who's got no money whatsoever. They've got a whole lot of negative money. And so they 
were really, really trimming their budgets. And she had already had 15 years of experience. Now, when you got these people coming out of school, you can pay them based on the fact that they've never had a teaching job. So what they would do is they would not keep her until she acquired that tenure, because after that, they would have to keep her. And so they would fire her before the tenure, purely because they didn't want to have to keep her on the budget forever. So they would do that and hire someone out of school. She had to bounce around to a few different schools, only being able to be there for a couple of years, and then eventually had a hard time getting hired, because by that time, she had 17, 18 years that they were forced to pay her for, and they all said, listen, I'm sorry, state's cutting their budget. We've got people coming out of school who we can pay the minimum amount, and there's a certain amount that we have to pay you, required by the teacher's union. And she even said, she told me, just listen, she didn't realize that it was a f- completely forced at that time. She said, I'll work for less than it's saying you have to pay me. I'm like, I need to get a job. I need you guys to hire me. You don't have to pay me for all these years. Just hire me so I can teach. And they said, we can't. We can't do that. It, it's against the law for us to do that. Now, how ridiculous of a rule is that? That someone who is offering to work for less. Charge the government less. Charge the government less. Yeah. Better quality teacher. She's an amazing teacher. Can't get a job purely because of the union rules. But we're supposed to believe that unions only help the workers. They're only a good thing. They're only good for everyone. It's completely ridiculous. And people who have not lived in that type of situation maybe do not have the hatred and animosity towards unions that I do. I literally watched her struggle to find a job teaching purely based on union rules. And that was very frustrating. Very, very frustrating. And then she goes to a school where the the parents and kids are absolutely terrible which is again the incentive of the teacher why would you want to be a good teacher yeah when the kids aren't going to listen to you anyway although she was a very good teacher and she got pushed out basically because of being a good teacher because she actually cared about whether her students completed their homework or got good grades yeah and she was what she was basically told that she wasn't allowed to fail anybody. Well, we're gonna. Well, yeah, the, the school that she was teaching at has a rule: you can't fail people if they don't turn in their homework. So if they do a test, there's no such thing as a failing grade. You have to give them a passing grade. This is what you incentivize in your public schools. The fact that you received a diploma means nothing whatsoever, other than the fact that you have a piece of paper that has the school's name on it. Yeah. That's all it is, because they would not hold kids back. If they were doing a terrible job, they would push them through because they had to, because they had new kids coming in and they would not, they would not fail them. This is your public school system. I'm not saying it's every single public school, but it's a lot of public school systems, especially in really poor areas of the country. And this is what people are dealing with. The government's received, removed all incentives for people to do a better job. They removed the incentives for parents to even want their kids to do their homework They've removed incentives for parents who want their kids to do well at all because they can't fail. And then you're living with parents who maybe have spent a lot of their lives in poverty too or are going through a rough time, whatever's going on. And this is the outcome. And we'll bring my mom on. She's actually going to come onto the podcast sometime and tell us her story because she eventually, because she, she assigned her students homework, she eventually started receiving physical threats of violence from parents. And it was allowed to go on. It was allowed to go on for over a year. And she eventually ended up resigning because she received another threat uh, that, was, that was 
very dangerous and she she just didn't go back after that she was too scared to go back to the school after that and no one did anything the parents were laughing about it at a volleyball game that night about how funny it was that they were threatening to beat the hell out of her because she was assigning homework so this kind of this is real stuff this is why we talk about these things it's not because we're just libertarian douchebags here who hate the government it's because of real life situations that get hidden from people that people don't know about that affect actual people's lives and we could actually do something to make this country a lot better place um we're at an hour already so that's our short episode that's terrible man that's terrible that's just terrible that's terrible hey guys go to patreon.com slash good morning liberty if you want to support this show we've got all kinds of different subscription levels you can get free merch when you subscribe you can get discounts on all the other merch we can do live q a's with you we've got an option where you can text us a conversation you're having with someone and we'll help you craft the perfect response to destroy their argument and uh, we'll do all kinds of good stuff you can even run an advertisement on our podcast for your podcast or your website whatever it is you're doing as long as it's pro-liberty or you can run facebook ads through through us through our profile for whatever it is that you care about any situation that is that you care about as long as it's pro-liberty so go to patreon.com slash good morning liberty and become a patron become a supporter of this show which is really just becoming a supporter of individual liberty of self-ownership of actually trying to make this country a better place. That's what supporting this show actually means. And defeating socialism and democratic socialism. Yes. We're going both. Both of those. Yeah. We're tackling two problems here. Yeah. We're we're going bigger than just one. Yeah. It's two. Really trying to defeat death. Yeah. That's that's (laughs) really what it is. (laughs) Unnecessary death. That's what it is. So, guys, do all of that, and I think uh, there's going to be some exclusive content on that Patreon, so yeah. maybe some extended interviews, maybe some interviews you don't know about, Actually, and uh, um, you I probably want to get in on that. I didn't tell you yet. I just figured if you're busy, I'll record it, but there's going to be two extra 30-minute podcast episodes on that Patreon account every single week yes so it's gonna it's gonna be on there you want to get in on that (laughs) you don't want to miss it because obviously this is a fantastic show uh and another thing i want to tell you guys is thank you thank you for listening thank you for sharing the show thank you for all the reviews that we've gotten uh again it you know it keeps growing keeps going up and we're just we're unbelievably humbled and amazed that you guys care what we have to say because it is important yeah so i'm we're, we're glad that you do care and we absolutely love doing this it's a huge passion of ours and um it's very very important that we get this message out so share the show with a friend that's free to do and leave us a rating and review that's also free to do and then once you do those things sign up on patreon support the show put your money where your mouth is and we can defeat democratic socialism together I like it. Go to BernieLies.com, LizLies.com, GoodMorningLiberty.us. Check out the article. Share everything that you possibly can. Do us a favor. Hit us up on all the social media platforms, which is at GoodMorningLiberty, except for Twitter, which is at GoodAMLiberty, because Good Morning Liberty was too long. If you guys do all that, we'll be back again on Monday. Actually, we won't for a live episode. Yeah. However, we may be posting an interview on Monday that you're going to want to listen to. So uh, that will be happening on Monday and then we'll be back sometime next week. I've got to travel, but I hope you guys have a good day and a good weekend. Liberty.